Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we've been, uh, I think if you missed that last segment with Bill Crystal uh, talking about uh, Is the Center Rising? Uh, you can make sure you can pick that up on our podcast and uh, wherever you get your podcast, you can uh, dial that in. And uh, just a great conversation, some great perspective, as always, from Bill Crystal in terms of what the, the opportunities really are. And one of the challenges, uh, of course, that we uh, face in terms of the, the battles going on uh, is the infrastructure deal and uh, the continued spending. And to help us understand that just a little bit better, we're uh, really pleased to have uh, rejoining us our good friend James Walner, Senior Fellow at R Street Institute out of Washington, D.C. Uh, James, glad to have you off the skiff. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. It's, I'd, I'd rather be no other place in the world. <laughs> Except for on the skiff, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, talking to you on the skiff would make it perfect. Would even better. Okay, that's that's what we're going to shoot for next week. <laughs> uh, so as as you look at the the things that are going on, you've written quite a bit lately uh, about uh, kind of the, the one-two punch of what's happening on the infrastructure bill and how that is likely uh, to be done through rec- reconciliation. Uh, and then you've been kind of pairing that with conversations around the filibuster and uh, whether the Democrats really they they, they are been rattling their uh, sabers about that quite a bit lately uh, doesn't appear that they quite have the votes uh, to actually make that happen uh, how do you see it well this is a really interesting um, comparison of issues or, or look at two different issues that might at first seem not that closely related. And it's unclear whether or not we'll see an attempt to pass infrastructure via reconciliation at this point. But the effort to do so suggests two things. One, they don't have the votes to get rid of the filibuster, they being Democrats. And two, that they want to control the process, right? They, the reconciliation has very strict rules on what kind of amendments can be offered, when they can be offered, how long the debate is. And that, to me at least, says that the debate over the filibuster is not about minority obstruction. It's not about the majority not being able to pass legislation. It's about senators not wanting to debate legislation, mm-hmm. not wanting to have an unpredictable debate they want to control the process. And I think you see that with what happened in the Senate last week. Well, so as, as you look at that, I, I think that is the, the key that we all need to be looking at is so often we're, we're seeing a lot of senators run to the microphones, a lot of national media interviews going on, a quick hit, soundbite, bullet point, talking points from your party. Uh, but what we're really missing is the debate on the floor of the Senate, in front of the American people, 
Uh, and as you said, James, it's because they are afraid of an unpredictable debate. Well, and for your listeners, I really encourage you, when you're, if you're looking at the Senate, if something important to you is happening there, ask yourself, why did it happen that way? And then whatever the conventional wisdom is, start to kind of poke it a little bit, ask questions about it. And you'll see last week we had three amendments, two of which got uh, to this uh, COVID-19 hate crimes act. Two amendments got a simple majority in favor of their passage, 49-48. One of those amendments was from Senator Mike Lee right there in, in Utah. However, those amendments failed. Why did they fail? Because the Democrats and Republicans, presumably, uh, required 60 votes for their adoption by unanimous consent. Mm. 60 votes for adoption. And that's the threshold that's needed to end debate, to invoke cloture on a filibuster. And this is really interesting to me because it says we don't necessarily care about the ability to debate because no one really is debating. It's about we want to ensure that whatever you do, it's not going to mess up our plans. You, you, you can debate all you want just so long as you're not going to have a chance at offering an amendment that may be adopted by senators and added to a bill. This is a great example of that. Yeah, and it's uh, what we often talk about on this show is that this is the, this is the fake fight, which will be followed by the false choice. Uh, it's, it's all or nothing. There's no chance to debate. There's no chance for amendments. Uh, as you said, if, uh, if they're just doing this as a uh, show uh, that uh, kind of deceives the public in terms of saying, oh, well, oh, look, they're debating. Oh, there's a, you know, they're really just kind of shouting at each other, knowing that it's already baked in and that there really isn't a, an opportunity for any kind of meaningful uh, amendment or, or compromise of any of any kind. Right. And there are real costs to this to bring it back to infrastructure. We see right now an effort to pass an infrastructure bill. The Republicans came out with an alternative that was like six hundred billion dollars, five hundred billion dollars. President Biden has a two trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Dollars and cents are zero sum issues. They are, by definition, things over which uh, members of Congress can compromise and compromise very easily if you look at the deficit and debt of the country, you know, for a minute. But if you think about this, it's when you don't want to have a debate, when you have to just trade uh, proposals behind closed doors where no one else can offer amendments, no one, the constituents can't weigh in. You don't have a process to drive everybody to an agreement. And so we may end up with an infrastructure bill. We may not end up with an infrastructure bill. I can assure you that if you put an infrastructure bill on the floor of the United States Senate today, that you would have an infrastructure bill by the end of the week or at the absolute very latest, the end of next week. But to do that, you have to allow senators to be senators. And that's something that it looks like most senators aren't willing to do. Mm. Yeah, and to me, that's the whole key. Senators have got to be senators uh, and step up and use their rights as senators uh, and demand that process. The process does matter. Uh, and it's often where a lot of us uh, who aren't following it 24 uh, seven get lost in the process a little bit and think, oh, well, it's, you know, this this party's obstructing now or this party's just trying to block that. Uh, but there's much more to it. And if if the senators did decide to really be senators, uh, as you said, I, James, I think they could do it not just by the end of the week. I think they could do it by the end of tomorrow uh, if they would really get on and uh, actually have the conversation. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, most people tend to roll their eyes when they hear process. I love it, but most people roll their <laughs> eyes. But I think it's important to keep in mind when the, the founding fathers, who were not perfect by any means, 
when they got together in Philadelphia in 1787, and incidentally, that's coming up at the end of May, and you can read along in their convention debates and the notes that Madison kept in real time. My family thinks I'm a bit weird that I do it every year. <laughs> but when you read that, when you read it day in and day out through September, what you come away with is, yes, there's some concern about outcomes, some concern yeah. about policy. But ultimately, what they care about is creating a structure and a process that allows citizens and Americans to come together and debate and deliberate over what those outcomes will be. That's the most important thing. And today we completely lose sight of that and we focus purely on outcomes. And we, our system can't work if, as long as we have that view about the way it should work. Yeah, fantastic. Great insight as always. James Walner will uh, have you back as we continue down this uh, very windy road. And uh, hopefully we can get the greatness of the Senate and return it to a great deliberative body. Uh, but James, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we are nearly 100 days into the Biden administration. And uh, we're going to break that down a little bit. Uh, we won't do a uh, kindergarten process and have you come up with your hundred things, uh, but we'll find a few things. Uh, promises kept, promises broken, and progress uh, some in progress. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me, and this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.